Hello and welcome to the Daily Lawyer podcast. My name is Jana Krishnan. I'm a lawyer and I am the founder of the Daily Lawyer. And today is yet another episode in our Daily Story series. And I have a wonderful guest. I'm speaking about Miss Swarupa Anand Saukar. She is a percussionist. She's done a lot. I'm going to read her bio properly. But most importantly, she was a childhood friend. And I'm just so delighted to connect back with her. Swarupa is an Indian percussionist and a producer. She was ranked Forbes 30 on the 30 list. She's a prolific entertainer. She's learned tabla from the very, very venerated Ustad Allah Rakha and the very famous Miss Ustad Zakir Hussain. Her debut album, Rocktronic, released in 2014, reached number one on the iTunes India chart. Swarupa has collaborated with many national and international artists and shared the stage with some of India's biggest musical luminaries, including Talbil Singh and A.R. Rahman. And recently, Swarupa has launched an online music school called Tabla Nadi School of Music that promotes Indian classical music with world-class artists, teaching rich traditional material in a holistic manner. So this is the bio that was there. Now you tell me, how have you taken your career to this level? I'm so proud of you. Firstly, thank you, Jenna, for having me on your show. I've done my fair share of interviews in the past, but this one feels so special and rightfully so because it's uh, not just anyone interviewing me, a childhood friend and, you know, uh, this, this, we've been together, you know, as kids and then suddenly we grow up and, you know, we meet each other as amazing uh, professionals, you know, top of your game in your field and, you know, it feels so nice and and proud was the absolute perfect word to use. So, uh, yeah, I am so proud to be on this uh, show and so excited to be thank here. Thank you. And thank you for that lovely introduction. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it uh, started off, I started off very young. I come from a musical background. You know, my mother's a singer, my grandmother's a singer-composer. And uh, in general, music's always been a part of uh, the household growing up. And, you know, like every South Indian household, you're sent to uh, learn an art, you know, right, uh, along with your studies. So at the age of six, seven, whether it is uh, singing, whether it's Bharatanatyam or, you know, uh, some art form is always a part of uh, your journey and your curriculum. So like all households, I was put to a singing class because you don't really put a girl to a tabla class. Uh, and I went there for a few years, but clearly my interest was not there. And, uh, you know, I'm glad people found that out pretty early on that my interest was in rhythm and my interest was in tabla. And uh, I then started learning tabla at the age of seven. Um, at that time, it was, you know, I was passionate about it, but obviously as a seven-year-old, you don't know, you're not thinking career path or anything like that. So I learned, uh, I learned for a few years at a local institute. I then, um, my mom came to know that there is uh, Ustad Alarakha's Institute of Music, you know, and uh, who better than the best. So uh, she went there and inquired. I was extremely lucky to get a chance to get into the institute. And then, you know, my formal training continued. But uh, let me tell you, up until college, it was just an instrument that I played. You know, I played these small programs here and there, or I would accompany my mom for a song or two. Uh, but college gave me that real exposure of, uh, you know, going and playing at these intercollegiate competitions, accompanying college singers to play at certain events. And that's when I kind of realized this whole world of live performances and live music. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was my moment of, okay, I think I want to take this up as a career path, you know. And uh, let me be honest, I still wasn't sure. So I finished Mm -hmm. college and I took up a corporate job. And, you know, I've been in the corporate uh, world for a good six, seven years. I mean, I think even more. Maybe up until 2013, I held a corporate job. I used to work at a sports media company. I moved to a music label. Uh, You know, I consulted another music label. And while doing music side by side and kind of building uh, something substantial for myself. And then one day I said, okay, not worth it. Let's take the jump and let's, you know, give it my time. 
and i think from there it was uh, as cliche as it may sound no looking back for me and uh, you know you just give in your everything to something you love and uh, the universe has to give back so you know i just for me every day is a learning music is such a vast subject yeah. every day there's a new kid doing something yeah. so cool and you know you're like okay time to learn again so yeah it's a constant journey and i'm so glad that uh, you know i've been able to do whatever it is that i've been able to do so far and i hope things continue that's wonderful i'm so happy to hear all this there's so much i can ask you about your career and you know because i'm really interested in music although i'm not i don't think i'm musically inclined that way but uh, the this podcast is mainly for you know the legalities right, and of course and one of the things because i do consult music startups and artists and right. one of the things that people are really confused about is uh, this you know i create a song but then how do i protect it right. and how do i ensure and i put it up on say e social media or youtube how do i ensure protections and so on so from your experience because you've, you've had such a vast experience in producing music creating music and putting it out there how do you uh, see or how have you what have you understood when it comes to protection of of music and your rights and copyrights so i think uh, you know for me um, there's been uh, there's been an evolution in terms of how things worked uh, maybe 7 8 years back and how things are working today because um, I think seven eight years back, uh, or rather in 2014, when we released Ragatronic, our only approach was uh, to safely take it to a music label hmm. and you know, make sure uh, our contracts are in place, read every single line that's on the contract, understand mechanical rights and digital rights. And that time there wasn't yet that digital boom; we were on the brink of it, uh, but we were still selling CDs in the physical market. Yeah. so understanding you know what are the percentages you get for uh, you know the mechanical rights the physical rights who owns the content uh, how what's the share that the music label gets because at the end of the day they are going to be distributing it for you and they yeah. actually had better strength uh, back then to distribute things for you and uh, you know understand that uh, then your music gets released uh, out whether it's a cd or whether it's in the digital format and then you hold copyrights to the content that you created in whatever uh, discussions you had with your music label, which is important yeah, yeah. Uh, now today things are different today i can log on to a distrokid uh, or a cd baby or uh, you know any of these digital aggregators tune core simply it's it's a very small fee payment and uh, you know release it out to every single digital platform there is in this world and correct me if i'm wrong but i think in india we don't need to register a work before we actually release it releasing yeah. it considers it as copyright yeah. you copyright yeah so i think that way things are far more streamlined today and far more easier but uh, you know if i made the mistake that uh, a lot of artists have made over time maybe me included is uh, is being naive as to not trying to understand the law or yes. not or, or saying ki you know isme mujhe kya milne wala hai or what is the percentage of money who i am anyway going to make peanuts i am not uh, uh, you know taylor swift or whatever is the name that you want to give i'm not making millions out of it so it's okay i just want my album out but uh, i think sometimes it's not about making millions out of it it's just about protecting and safeguarding uh, what What's is yours what is yours of our posterity because also you never know right the way netflix and the way the ott platforms have now suddenly come in and the kind of money there is that people are making uh, licensing out content to them you don't want to be in a situation where 5 years ago you made a song and without reading 
things you gave it off to a label and today you can't do anything with it you yeah. know and the other one sub licensing it or sending it yeah. out or you know whatever that sync doing a sync deal with a company yeah. where you're not getting anything out they are they are making money of your effort exactly only because and you did not because you know we thought okay i'm an artist my only job is to lock myself in yeah. and make music yeah yeah that's so true I, i want to as actually take that thread a little longer only because uh, a lot of people especially now that i started the daily royal and i do uh, consult with smaller businesses and and uh, creative entrepreneurs especially the creative on the creative entrepreneurs they feel that my job is to be creative right it's somebody else's job to bother or it will not happen to me it will happen to my it will not happen to me right. so i'm really glad that you uh, that you said that now just taking that thought one step further when it comes to say piracy or you know people shamelessly copying music or your music without giving credit it happens often on social media you, you know some some day you'll find that somebody is totally stolen your entire instagram grid it looks the same except your name and it just changes so how have you or in your experience have you had, had any experience with this and how have you dealt with it or what is it that you you see around you in terms of dealing uh, personally i have not uh, experienced this also because uh, this is this is this is one of the things that i have always uh, been afraid of which is why i refrain from putting out content that i think should not be freely available because uh, to some extent i feel we have very little uh, grasp over it and we have very little control on what can actually be done once you know a simple example i'm sitting in my room i've made a piece of music i keep my phone on uh, you know i put up a nice recording and then i put it up as a reel people forget to put off remix for example uh, right or put off whatever are those other check boxes yeah. that you do when you put up a reel so what happens is anyone can go choose only your audio choose to use that audio as a you know behind a bathroom tile fitting advertisement <laughs> or sunglasses advertisement or you know indian ethnic wear advertisement or anything and yeah. there's really not much you can do and how much of it will you then be sitting clicking and checking okay let's see who all used it So I think that has been one of my fears, which is why I've never put out anything that's unreleased on the mm. internet as such and on mm. social media. My mm. take has always been let my music release through the right channels. Let me make sure that it is copyrighted, and then uh, I will share that music as part of a you know it's coming through the Instagram channel or through the Facebook channel. And okay, I may get a buck or two lesser because uh, yeah, sure. it's coming through that channel, but that's fine. At least I am protected. You're safe. Yeah. yeah. you're safe but anything anyone else i i like what you said about being cautious because that's something of course i advocate because uh, also part of my job but i like how you are thinking through your protections first right. before you like it's it's not very common honestly I, i think for me i'm also a bit lucky in that sense because the music i create uh, is not largely so i'm not uh, into song and lyrics right i'm not writing a lyric and then putting a tune to it and releasing it as song i think the dangers are far more um in that kind of a scenario for me it's instrumental music for me it is you know kind of a chill house world music that kind of a i mean of course it is still my work and it's still yeah. but yeah. many times it's also traditional music right mm. which is copyright free uh, mm. it could be a devotional song again which is copyright free Uh, it could be a folk tune which is copyright free so i think i also choose that kind of music where yeah. i'm safe if tomorrow i make a version of kesariya balam it's fine uh, yeah know, 
that kind of a thing so i am not in a soup first copywriting i mean you know taking something else and making something out of it because i'm safe that way i'm using copyright free content and secondly it's not uh something where i say okay i wrote lyrics for the song i put a tune to the song and now someone's taken it and you know made a version of or re-sung the song that to me is the larger danger which is yeah out there. yeah it is now tell me swarupa because when you were speaking uh especially some time ago you said i you know the one of the things that people make the mistakes they make is not understanding what are mechanical rights and what are the uh, sort of the other physical rights etc so uh what did you do to educate yourself how did you educate yourself like i mean of course it's clear that you have spent some time understanding what it is because you were able to give all of these differences right. which is not commonly think- known I think I have to credit the fact that uh, I I was working at a music label okay. and to me that was my uh, you know biggest takeaway of why I got into this or I would have also probably been in that 80% and I'm using a very large percentage here but 80% of the artists who refrain yeah. from or you know don't want to get into the legalities or uh, or all of those things but to me because I was working uh in the music label and i was on the other side of the fence that's when i started you know before i give out a contract to my artist whom i was signing i had to read the contract to myself understand and then explain it to them hmm. and many times the i that's when i realized that artists are not paying attention to this yeah. because many of the times the artists would say you know it's fine uh, whatever is there you know it right and we'll sign it when will the album come out when will i get a cd in my hand you know i think the thrill for them was more about when will i get a cd in my hand uh, or when will my song be on itunes or uh, yeah. things like that rather than okay what are my rights let me see or let me yeah. look at the function what's the term what's the uh, you know territory Yeah. Uh, after five years, does it auto renew? Is it for perpetuity? I think these were questions that were never asked, and yeah. that's where I realized, okay, this is a gap, and uh, I should never make this mistake when I'm on the on that side, right? Which is when I started getting more deeper into understanding contracts in general, understanding the basic terms. Uh, I mean, I'm still not great at it, but at least no. I but it's fabulous that yeah, because I've been dealing recently with a lot of music. Like there's a music startup that I'm advising, and then of course musicians. who are uh, contacting with the startup let's just say to play some music uh, and nobody asks these questions and nobody wants to know also so it's like you're giving us a gyan and they are like not interested you know so then you also and don't I, I think people don't want to know because like i said the emotion for the artist is more like so this is my labor of love right yeah. i've been uh, it can be anywhere close to 6 months to 6 years into creating this piece of music i just want to see it out in this world right yeah. i want to know when will the radio play it i want to know when will i mean okay back then when will it come on mtv or when will i get a cd in my hand when will i find it at rhythm house uh and these were the kicks that the artist got right these were the brownie points for the artist saying this is what i want and as long as i'm getting this i don't care about the rest so you know you figure out your fine print and i just want this because waise bhi where i am not ar rahman i'm not making millions kind of mm. a thing that is always in people's mind but people don't realize that uh, shan even today gets a check for tanhadil yeah so because of the right contracts in place yeah and i know that because i've worked there and i've seen those checks go to him and that's when i realized these things are important 20 years back he released an album and he gets a check even today 
so you know you don't be little yourself on your art just because you don't want to take the effort of understanding something that's you know beyond your jurisdiction that's fabulous that's such a good example and such a relatable example that you gave so what is your view on educating or just informing the music fraternity about their rights what is copyright how do they avoid piracy you know things like what you did you were maybe fortunate enough to be on the other side so right. you know you I saw it it is, it is the need of the art to be honest uh, it is something uh, that is needed but it has to be at a very layman dumb down uh, zero level you know because even today if you if i google for example copywriting music uh, in india it's beyond a normal man's understanding the articles that come up on the internet it's complicated it's long uh, people are not going to go beyond quarter of a page uh, right they talk about organizations they talk about uh, pros uh, you know by the time you read half of it you're lost and you have no interest and you close it uh, i think the need of the hour to me uh, would be like very simple small videos first of all explaining terminology right yeah. what is what is an ip uh, what, you are creating something is that an ip or is that not an ip first of all sure. to identify that secondly mm-hmm. if it is an ip how are you safeguarding it right so what are the checkpoints copywriting okay if you are going to copywriting then below that what are the sub points a b c right then we are talking about physical market digital market then we are talking about sync licensing and these are all different buckets that yeah, people true. understand uh, clearly to then make an informed decision now everyone knows of iprs for hmm. example saying okay there is an oh, but iprs also most people do, they don't know eh? that uh, okay the right society also are like you know so the general I mean, public knows of iprs they don't know anything further than that ha huh. the point right so you know there is an indian performing rights society or you have heard of uh, you know bmi or you have heard of prs somebody some seminar you attended and somebody spoke of it what is your connection to it and what are you supposed to do about it is something that is not available yeah right? to me it took a lot of research to understand how do i become a member of the iprs yeah what are the steps i need to do how do i send what is the letter i need to send okay then iprs is going to send me a contract what is the proof of my uh, recordings do i need in fact you know when i was filing for an iprs membership i realized that uh, they came back to me saying ragatronic doesn't have you on youtube published as the owner or as a composer so i actually had to go back to the music label saying please make sure that you know the youtube of it has me or my name as a uh, composer or creator or author whatever is the term that we need to use only then will iprs approve that it is mine right hmm. so i think these are the things that are uh, so maybe we need to common man i think it needs to be totally dumbed down to a zero yeah. level uh, you know starting with giving those buckets of this is this this is this this is this and everyone wants to talk international which is another problem yeah. right so people are going to listen to my music in uk or in germany so how do i protect that and how do i get the money from there uh but you know we need to start grassroots we need to start yeah. basic, we need to start protecting ourselves first in our region then understand that okay iprs has an affiliation with pros across the world and you know what are they affiliated with where are they collecting the money from and i think there's a lot but it needs to be uh yeah streamlined down into smaller snippets yeah. of like i don't know an audio snippet or a video snippet um you know and hopefully we can get that done please hopefully that will be like the happiest thing for me yeah but just a little bit you know going back and giving context to those who probably don't know you know you spoke about iprs and bmi and prs and all of that so they are all performing rights societies now for those who don't know what is a performing rights society and 
why would an artist or should an artist want to seek membership of that see i think it is uh, important to understand that when you create a piece of music there are two aspects to it one is a recording in itself and one is using the recording in a live scenario which is either you performing it or anybody else performing it or it being played anywhere as a recording whether it is in a okay so you make a pop song so whether it's played on the radio or on the television or um another single club is live store or in a yeah in a club or uh, in a disc discotheque anywhere right so collecting that and every time your song is played somewhere you have a right to collect money for it which is again mm-hmm. that people do not understand that that's your right if you're going to a club and you're dancing to someone's song that person has a right to collect some bit of money for that song playing there which yeah. is what the performing rights society does for you in short uh, so it's it's it gives you an umbrella protection so that you know you don't have to go and check where exactly. everything it it does all exactly. that work for you correct so you as an individual are not going to a place a place b place c there are there's an iprs license that all of these places have uh, you know giving them a license to play out these songs because they play a pay a particular fee to iprs which yeah. is basically their job and then in turn yeah. you can claim your percentage from them what are some of the okay before that i'll ask you, you you've collaborated a lot with other artists right uh, and then it's not just your song you know it's like a little of bit of course. you a little bit of them how do you manage the ownership how do you manage discussions on percentages how do you how do you manage these collaborations in the real sense because ultimately it comes down to money and you know your exactly. rights and things like that see so, i think um, see there are there are two ways to do this right one is um, you feature in somebody's uh, music just as an artist and two is you have equal say in the music with another artist so there's mm-hmm. two way, two angles of it mm-hmm. so say there is a there's a producer who's making a song and he wants a tabla player he calls me and i go play on his track usually in this scenario i'll take a fee i take my fee and then i have nothing to do with the track mm-hmm. so you know then i don't mm-hmm. I, i don't worry or bother if it becomes a a super hit if it has a, 3 million views on YouTube I have nothing to do with it because I'm not claiming a share of it hmm. I'm just like you're I'm just going as a, a professional as a I tabla mean, yeah, player service giver for example service I'm giver huh. I provided my service of playing the tabla for my time I get paid a certain fee and then I come home and, and that's the end of the uh, you know collaboration there the second part is where you actually have a say in the music so you hmm. know you and say two or three other people are together creating uh, a track Hmm. there uh, i would say the first and most important thing is to understand the people with whom you're collaborating hmm. uh, if you are not in um, a good healthy sync emotionally uh, and mentally with these people uh, i think for me that's the first step because hmm. uh, any discussion can happen only if you know you have a great relationship with those yeah. people you know yeah. if if you are uh, if you already have a very soured or weird relationship then things could turn in a bad way because like you said at the end of the day there's a lot of money uh, and kind of you know the touchy topics that are uh, involved yeah. so to me my my main goal is okay i know these people they're uh, you know we work well as a team we understand each other and things like that then depends on the contribution that you're giving to the track is it an equal contribution are you and all the parties contributing equally then yes the split has to be equal but we have to be fair in the game okay mm-hmm. so it cannot be because i was a part of it i need an equal share um 
there could be somebody else who's actually creating the entire music and you know your inputs are say 20% 30% you have to understand that then splits move that way so you mm. know it could be a um, uh, 50 30 20 depending on uh, the contribution of each person and those things will end up being a discussion which is why i say you need to have a great relationship uh, with the people you're working with so it can get tricky at times uh, but uh, you know we have to be fair uh, to everyone who's a part of a collaboration if it's two people it's mostly straightforward because then it splits in the middle and people understand it if it's three people and it's like a band for example and everyone's contributing equally again it's simple to just split it 33 uh, right but if it's a situation where i have done a collaboration for example um, with um, a producer from morocco he's a dj producer from morocco and uh, my part actually was a very small part in it i've played tabla i've done some vocal bits i've contributed a bit here and there to create the entire track but i cannot claim an equal share as what he's done because he's put up the entire music you know it's his idea to begin with uh he's executed the whole thing he's got his mixed and mastered he's released it as his track featuring me so right uh, even the terminology is different yeah so there i understand okay you know i can ask for say 10% or 20% of a share if not a fee so hmm. it depends on what you want to do. so hmm. there my share will be like say 10% or 20% of the entire uh, share so i think uh, yeah it can get tricky at times but we have to understand that uh, things have to be split and they have to be split in a fair way and uh, do you when you are doing the split and when you are deciding your splits do you have any kind of documentation that you have that you sign between the three of you or yes. three four how many ever yes yes always i mean again uh, like i said if it's a now for example i have a project called filter coffee filter coffee is you know it's my whole and soul my baby my everything but it's not 100% me it's me along with a flautist we share uh, everything down to the split but for us it's mutual agreement we've been doing filter coffee for you know 15 years now together wow. and at no point in this 15 years was anything needed to be put down to a paper in terms of an mou or an agreement saying this is yours this is mine because it's it's that kind of understanding it's almost like we've grown up together in our music uh, you know and wherever we are today yeah. is because of each other's influences and inspirations but having said that today if i go you know just as a new track i'm collaborating with somebody first thing is paperwork uh, it doesn't have to be complicated it doesn't have to be in lawyer language uh, right it doesn't have to be in english that you can't understand thereby thereof uh, and things like that literally it can be mou just stating this is to state that this is a track titled so and so has contributors and their names or uh, what is the split you all are agreeing on right all of that a time a place and all the signatures and literally sometimes even that is enough to start with then yeah go further and take it however you want legally uh, you know and whatever you want to bind it to a court of law and that's all next step but i think the beginning is to just make a simple word document that entails all of it has everyone to sign it and you know you're good yeah i'm glad that at least i i like the words that you're using because it's like wow thank you you be by about this but uh, yeah it doesn't have to be complicated that's where people stop right and they say yeah. we don't know that language to start with yeah. language is very confusing if you read yeah. a legal document the language to start with is very confusing if you are not from that field i don't understand it it's very difficult to understand yeah but you don't need that language if you're creating a simple you know mou or memorandum yeah. yeah but i i also am part of the group of people who believe that uh, the reason why we write contracts is to 
is to confirm our understanding right. and of course there are certain protections that are built in etc right. now the entire document cannot be confusing it's it defeats True. the purpose of the document it has to be in a language that you and i can understand True. so i don't also subscribe to the ped i was of course i come i've been educated in that pedantic way but it was beaten out of me uh, in my most recent role uh, so but yeah, i thought I out of experience the more you read these documents the easier it gets yeah of course like now of if course. i read a, if i read a contract whether it's a live show contract or whether it's a recording contract or uh, you know a contract with a company who is uh, representing me for something it's very easy to understand because you know yeah. the main things you're supposed to look for you know you're supposed to look for you know your name your address the term the people who are involved the scope of the uh, work that you're doing understanding the right understanding the region understanding the uh, term and you know those are the main points and you read those then you know there is uh, a safeguard so you know how do you exit there's the exit clause of it right and things right. like that and once you get those main things you get a hang of it and it becomes much more easier if you were advising a very young artist Mm-hmm. who you feel is you know you that person comes to you and as a mentor and you know you have to give him or her some advice as to how to take their career forward and given the lens that we are discussing what are some of the things that you know two to five things that you will be telling such a person in in enough from a protection angle from a planning angle you know all of that i mean it stems from uh, a lot of things but i think the number one advice is be proud of what you do uh because the minute you feel proud of what you do you will automatically want to protect it uh, yes to me i think it is and that's a very personal feeling to me uh you know as an artist a lot of us tend to suffer from the imposter syndrome and not feeling good enough and with social media <laughs> it worsens the situation right everyone has a uh, flashy new music video or a reel and this many likes and 100000 and <laughs> 5 million and blue ticks and uh, you know it's a crazy world out there yeah. and it's a world that will increasingly make you feel small and worthless uh mm-hmm. so i think the number one thing is be very proud of what you're doing and and what you've made uh the minute you do that you will start finding worth in it right uh whether you are releasing it on social media or a small or you know through an aggregator on your own or it's going to a netflix film either way mm-hmm. uh the minute you understand its worth you will want to look at ways to protect it or maximize uh your future with that music right so second right. is uh law is not hard uh right yes. take take some time to read take some time to understand research it uh you don't have to immediately go to a lawyer you may not like me saying that but you don't have to your first step may not be okay i need to find a lawyer and i need to get a massive eight page contract in place no just go to the internet and read mm. uh, get an understanding for yourself of what it is that needs to be done right uh, once you do that then understand what is it that you want to do okay do i want to release this music do i want to just collect all of my music and then release it out you know sometime later do i want to sell my music uh, because that's another point one is yeah. releasing it with your copyright one is selling it to somebody to release it and you know making money out of it which is yeah. also fair game yeah all uh, right do you do i want to sell it to somebody do i want to hold on to all my rights do i want to share rights with somebody you know these are things you will be able to make an informed decision only after you understand all of them parameters yeah. so yeah. spend time in understanding uh, if you can't find out things on the internet there are people like you who are there to you know uh, yeah. go to right. and uh, get some guidance <laughs> for it uh, and make an informed decision and stick by your decision 
sometimes it so happens that we make a decision for ourselves and then uh, it may not always go well for us it's fine it's not the end of the world uh, in the larger scheme of things uh, you know it's just one thing in our 70 80 year whatever that lifespan is uh, it's okay we can make another piece of music and we can do something else with it yeah. you know it's fine uh, i think uh, a large part of being an artist is um, we have very high emotions whether it's happiness or whether it is sadness that if things don't very intense very intense if things don't go our way we can you know it can go down very easily and we could want to leave everything and say i could have made millions on this but because i was foolish i did not make it uh, right uh, i think it's okay we need to chin up and say uh, maybe another opportunity so whatever is that informed decision you're making in terms of safeguarding your content or the way you want to release it or the people you want to release it with um it could or not go your way and that's fine you know uh, at the end of the day we are artists uh, and we just need to keep making more art and uh, you know concentrating on that so yeah i think by and large these would be yeah i think these are this is good advice not just for artists of course for anyone that we think you know starting out in any of their pursuits right. it's good advice and my final question to sort of close out this chapter is uh, what has been your biggest difficulty in getting legal help i think my biggest thing is lack of how do i put it accessibility like today if i have to find a property lawyer i think it's very easy if i find a family law or a divorce lawyer i think that's also very easy uh, but somehow if i have to find someone specialized in the arts and entertainment i don't know why i find it very difficult uh simply okay. because maybe it's not a it's a niche or, yeah it's a niche it's a very niche yeah. very small fraction it's yeah. a niche and you know i wouldn't find a holding or a, you know outside a lawyer's office i wouldn't find music or entertainment <clears> in on it just like how you would find uh you know family or uh, property or dispute or land yeah you know even if you ask if you call up two people who are friends of yours and say hey do you have a contact of a lawyer you'll get a contact of a lawyer if i had to ask someone saying do you have a contact of a lawyer uh, who will help me with music and entertainment i think automatically that shrinks yeah uh, the bucket shrinks yeah bucket and shrinks. i don't think the reason is because there aren't enough i think the reason is just because <clears throat> enough are not being marketed or spoken about i don't know what the problem is but i mean hopefully we will change that with this yeah. with this whole endeavor of the daily lawyer but you're right because in our country we're not allowed to advertise or solicit work like lawyers right. so because of that it's really difficult to get your voice out that's number one and secondly yeah. you're right when you say that it is a niche and uh, there are very few people practicing in the niche in fact right. the very need for a niche type of practice itself is something that people have woken up to in a very in, in the niche, recent yeah. past yeah true. like maybe 5 5 to 10 years back otherwise there was no niche that is entertainment or film yeah. or you know drama and theater like each of them are their own they are their own uh, uh, right. sort of parallel right but it's so important i mean yes it's absolutely that we are doing this recording today when the front page of the newspaper talks about the film copyright the piracy copyright that's yeah. going to be passed yeah. right so i think it is it is so important and with yeah. so much content being created yeah. today yeah. uh it's like lakhs of hours of content being created every day on through all of these online digital yeah. platforms so uh, very much the need of the hour okay we've sort of closed out the main part of the podcast and then the last bit uh is what i do for myself so right. uh, it's called 5 4 3 2 1 ask me five or something four of something and okay. i do that because i love listening to the answers that i get uh, so this is not any like 
yeah it's not lawyer related or all it's just normal you know to get to know who uh, whoever's on the other side so okay five productivity tips or hacks or apps whatever whatever would you you would want to share hmm five productivity tips let's see um set small goals that hmm. you can achieve and feel good about it the first goal cannot be i want to climb mount everest it will have to be i have to take a walk in my building every day Uh, and which you can actually do when then you feel good about it and you get a positive take and say okay now let's go to the next one yeah uh second would be write down your tasks for the day or write down anything uh because writing gives you clarity mm. uh when things are in your head uh, it's just this huge cloud and you know things can get lost a lot of thoughts and then suddenly in the middle there are thoughts of Uh, I have to pick up my child from school, or I have to uh, what's cooking for dinner, or uh, oh no, there's no capsicum in the fridge, <laughs> for example. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. Of course. Or, uh, yeah. If you are really doing something and you want to make sure you know what you have to do for the day, just write it down, put it on paper. You automatically get the clarity, and you're you know going to be able to be more productive, in my opinion. Uh, let's see. Third, uh, take a nap if you feel like it. It's absolutely not fabulous. Wrong. I love this. Stuff. Uh, because no, I'm I'm very serious because I get um, you know when I tell people I take an afternoon nap almost every day, I get the looks. Yeah, you're lazy. Are you crazy? Like you know, you could be spending that half an hour, forty minutes, or one hour working and being productive. I say no. To me, getting that sleep and that rest and that is is my peace of mind, and then my productivity starts after that. So don't feel shy if you feel like taking a nap. please take a nap in the afternoon it's good um i would like to say wake up early i'm still working on it mm-hmm. uh, but uh, i realize that waking up early is uh, is a great start and yeah. there is a reason why um you know sunsetting and sunrising mm-hmm. and sunsetting is a thing and why our body clocks work along with it uh, yeah. unfortunately the entertainment industry doesn't work as per the sun uh, yeah. you know but uh, i would say waking up early using that time to finish off a lot of you know your work or at least getting clarity of what you want to do for the rest of the day that will work and uh, less is more hmm. is my biggest mantra for everything i think we tend to take on too much we tend to think the more complicated it is the better it is uh, right uh, simple examples of uh, the more expensive something is maybe it's better not necessarily many times less is more really understand that phrase and uh, you know a lot of things get very yeah wonderful i loved your yeah. answers very unusual answers <laughs> so far on the podcast but uh, i really liked it Thank okay you. four books that you recommend books four is not possible i know it's hard no behind <laughs> yeah too hard Let be me. like this is my first four but i have 40 more <laughs> four and then you email me for the remaining part <laughs> yeah. let's see the alchemist follow hmm. uh, kelo i absolutely love that book and i love all of his books i think each book of his has uh, a lesson in itself hmm. the bhagavad gita uh, i have read it personally and i think it's unbelievable that we live with that and that's been in our country and with us for thousands of years and we are not treasuring it enough uh, it's got every single life lesson you need to learn uh we don't need to go to any self help help book ever under the sun if we've mm-hmm. read that and understood it give it a shot the bhagavad gita i know why the caged bird sings maya angelou 
Angelo. So, uh, so I know why the cage bird sings is all about uh, the fighting spirit. It's all about uh, you know talking about the never giving up attitude. About however hard uh, it is that you know the circumstances you face, uh, uh, pretty much telling you that you know a bird is in a cage, but yet it sings. Mm. How hard is it for him to live there without having the freedom to uh, fly and do what he wants to do? It's a hardship, but yet he doesn't fail to sing every day. uh you know and find happiness in in those hard situations so i think that would be another book and uh, let's see 1984 george orwell yeah i think that's uh, a fabulous book that is uh, there's no book written like that yeah. ever true even today Very after true. so many years it works even yeah. for our society dystopian of course. Yeah. maybe maybe a lot more today one one would argue that so yeah dystopian novel you know dangers of totalitarianism yeah. and yeah beautiful book yeah and i love it moment. i love your recommendations three tips that you have for young uh, artists or graduates youngsters basically you know young graduates or young artists or uh, entering the workforce quote and quote okay uh number one would be um know where your interest lies or what you're good at okay mm. and pick a field based on one of these two don't pick mm. a field on what's cool thing to do don't pick a field on all my friends are going there uh, yeah. or don't pick a field on uh, what's the current fad or trend or it's cool to work in this company or that company at the end of the day you need to be in a space where you feel very passionate about it so even if you're not good at it it's fine you yeah. have to be passionate about it or you're really good at it one of the two If neither of these are there, you're going to be one of those who wakes up in the morning and says, "Ah, I have to go back to work," right? Yeah. And that's the worst situation to be in because that's something we're doing for pretty much the rest of the thirty years yeah. of our life, at least thirty years of our life, yeah. right? So we have to understand that okay, you know, I'm really good at this, so maybe this is what I should be doing, or I'm very passionate about this, so maybe this is what I should be doing. Second thing would be uh, learn on the job. Mm. Uh, there is nothing better than learning on the job. Uh, I think a, a lot of what I have learned has been on the job, whether music or whether otherwise. Keep bettering your skills on your job, right? There, there's so many new things that come. There's so many new trends. Uh, there are so many. I mean, I don't know. If you're a programmer, there are new languages, coding languages. Yeah. If you are yeah. a journalist, there may be different forms of communicating. Storytelling that is now yeah. or news sharing. If you're a musician, there's technology entering music, or there's uh, AI that's going to be a part of our world, you know, very soon. Or it's already a part of our world. So keep learning about these trends. Keep yourself yeah. uh, up to date Updated. with whatever is happening. Mm-hmm. And I think the third one again is a little unusual, but it would be um, maybe a bit old school also. But uh, I think your seniors are seniors for a reason. Learn to respect mm-hmm. them. Oh wow! Uh, you won't believe Swarupa. Every single person has said this. This one, like respect the people who are with you and above you, and you know. And if I were asked this question, I would say absolutely the same thing. I think. Sorry and, to cut you off. Somehow I feel. Oh no, no, please. Somehow I feel that that I don't know if it's lacking or it's not lacking. But there is so much of a camaraderie that happens nowadays in workplaces, uh, and you know the whole. uh equal workspace or equal working and there's no hierarchy and all of those things which is fine which is cool which is amazing 
but i think somewhere we have to understand that there's somebody senior to us and why are they senior to us um, yeah. because they've proven the fact that they're they've done something to be at that level and we have to respect that you know uh, utmost respect uh, to what they have done you may not like it or you may feel jealous or all of those things are your internal conflicts but you have to respect people who are yeah. seen of course respect people who are with you who are below you also but really show that respect to people who are above you and learn yeah. from them yeah true very true i i would say absolutely the same thing it boggles my mind how everyone has this answer in some shape or form for this question nice. so far yeah. i think we've done 41 interviews and everyone has had this Amazing. uh in some so i i think the ones who are listening to us who are younger than us and you would have <laughs> we are definitely more than 22 because we met each other after 22 years yeah, so. yes 22 years ago when we were finishing school yes. so yeah that we were finishing school if all of us are able to say this so please take you know pay heed to what we are saying yeah pay attention uh okay yeah. two life lessons that you have learned in your life so far oh so many two life lessons that i have learned let your work do your talking not you hmm put your head down work as hard as you can and uh, you know let your work speak for you uh, there's hmm. no bigger credibility uh, in your life than uh, people recognizing you by the work you're doing rather than you hmm. having to tell them the work that you do so yeah, for me that what and um, never give up uh, i think uh, very cliched but whatever happens in this world the sun rises every day however big your problems however big your losses there's always a brighter tomorrow uh, in the larger scheme of life you know we are here only for 70 80 90 years and that's very yeah. small uh, a yeah. time to waste it on uh, you know wasted on darkness wasted fights on quarrels on uh, bad memories on you know grudges and all of these things i think whatever happens in your life uh, don't give up on life don't give up on uh, on your passion don't give up on your work don't give up on your family don't give up on uh, relationships uh, you know there's always a way to smile and and you know get up the next day yeah beautiful very much needed in today's times because people yeah. do give up very easily very easily yeah and uh, finally what is the best piece of advice you've received okay so the best piece of advice i have ever received was uh, from my son's uh, pediatrician uh, surprisingly oh, wow. after he was born so he was he was literally just a day a day old and you know i was having tons of problems uh, trying to like all new mothers right it, it's also baffling and it's also crazy yes. and uh, probably you know just crying for no random reason and uh, you know she she saw me like weeping there in my in the hospital bed for no random reason and my husband trying to console me and uh, this piece of advice she came and gave me said just remember that you too were before your son and you too will be after your son which means at some point in time he's going to go and look for his own family yeah your children are going to go away they're going to have their own family which is going to be more important to them than you are what is going to be left is the two of you what was before he came was the two of you uh your son is a part of your life don't make him your life wow and i think there was no better advice i've received uh, till date than that and especially uh, you know for a working mother and you'd know it better than anyone saying uh, you know society is how do i put it we are we are made to live in guilt for yeah. most of our life right perpetuate it 
True. Yeah. Anything we do for ourselves, or you know, as as career oriented women, uh, anything we do independently, stepping out, uh, has to be coming back with you know some amount of guilt at the back of your mind. Yes. Saying, oh, you know, oh, I oh I left them at home, or I didn't do this, or or something has to be there at the back. Yeah. And uh, I think that's that's wrong in in a lot of ways, and I think. Uh, you know your child has to understand that uh, being his mother is one of your roles and yeah. you've got a lot of roles yeah uh, you know you're somebody's wife you are somebody's daughter uh, you are somebody's daughter-in-law you are somebody's friend you are a professional by yourself i'm a tabla player you're a lawyer uh, you know and your child has to see all of that and that's when he or she will realize yeah. your beat the beauty of you And yeah. and I think for me that was the best piece of advice saying your child is is a part of your life. Don't make it your whole life, you know. And you That's and your husband. And if you think about it, true, right? Because yeah. you and your partner are before your child was born, and and someday that child's going to go and find a partner and have his own kids, have his own family, and then you and your partner are going to be left to be with with each other. So you know, don't don't give up on that. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's an advice that took. I'm sure it would take us and many other people like us some time, but I think once it, it comes to you, yeah, yeah, yeah. once it comes it to you, then your society has you know it's so many years of conditioning that it's hard to take it out yeah, of your very hard, very hard, very hard, especially but, when we we live in a like a closed ecosystem. So you know, it's exactly. it, other people are also conditioned, so they are just pushing exactly. their conditioning on you. And I think and what not, hit me, what hit me so hard was the fact that it came from my son's pediatrician. You know, it yeah. was not from somebody else or from some, uh, you know, a friend or something like that. Yeah. It was it came from a professional, uh, and I think that is what mattered to me so much. Saying, okay, yeah. this is something you have to take note of. Yeah, it's wonderful advice. It's a very good advice for us to, you know, close the podcast. Thank you yeah. so much, Swarupa. It was so wonderful speaking to you. Uh, is there anything you want to tell the audience about yourself that we have not covered? We'll leave all of your links and all uh, below in the description. But anything well, about you that you want to tell? Nothing, nothing really about me, Jenna. You know, it's been such a pleasure being here and speaking about all of these things that I always love to speak about, but no one asks the questions. Yeah. yeah. So I'm so happy that uh, that we were able to have this conversation. I hope that people won't shy away from uh, from law, from contracts, from fine prints. I understand as an artist that the process of creating art is very consuming in itself. Yeah. And once you're done with that, you don't want to deal with all of these things, which feel even more yeah. consuming. Uh, but it's not, and uh, it's in our interest. And lawyers are in our interest, and. Uh, you know if we understand these things we're going to be happier for a long longer time you know once that piece of music or art is is out in the world so uh, yeah just do that and uh, keep smiling keep working keep following passions yeah. and dreams and yeah yes that's about lovely. it lovely lovely thank you so much swarupa and i thank you for having me on the show it is so lovely that you're doing something like this and more thank power you. to you i hope this becomes like the the biggest thing the internet seeing yes, from my home and absolutely i'll pray yeah. hard for that and you know uh, this should be everyone's go to when it comes to law yeah so yes this is the dream but hopefully chalo dreams come <laughs> yes thank you swarupa it was wonderful so much. bye bye bye